I started to think a lot more about what I was doing. I, I listened to my body more and I had to really connect with myself. And now conversations with my coach stopped being, how was the session? How quick did you run? It became, how many days will it take you to recover so we can go again? It became a very different dynamic. It became, even now, I, I, can, I can go a, a half an hour conversation with my coach and I haven't told him a single split of my session and it doesn't matter because that's not the bit that's relevant. He knows I know how to execute. He know, And that's kind of the unwritten bit. The bit is, right, Alan, will you be ready to go in a day in a couple of days? It's either a yes or let's chat tomorrow or no, I need three days. Hello there, I hope you're doing well. It's Steve Ingham here and a very warm welcome to the Supporting Champions podcast. So I'm a sports and performance scientist and have supported athletes throughout my career towards the podium and have led and developed high performance teams both in sports and in business. And if you've ever wondered about striving towards a goal, taking a leap of faith, setting your sights high, bouncing back from a setback, then you're going to be in good company here on the podcast. Pursuing performance isn't easy. If it was, high performance would just be average performance. Enriching our lives through ambition, understanding and wonder, creating stronger teams, developing balance and purpose are at the heart of the areas I'll be exploring with guests from sports, performing arts, military and many other performance worlds. So I hope you can tune into these conversations, maybe get lost in the back catalogue of the varied contributions and take time to reflect on what that means to you. This week's guest is Chris Thompson, who at the age of 39 has just qualified for the Tokyo Olympic Marathon for Team GB. Tomo, as he's known, didn't suddenly spring to the top in some sort of freak qualification. He's been knocking on the door for 20 years, keeping going, persisting, persevering through a career full of challenges. And Tomo crossed the finish line at the Olympic qualification event with an outpouring of emotion, celebration and joy. And in response, the athletic community did too. Not only has Tomo been on the scene, numerous teams, numerous flights, numerous training camps and competitions, and he's done so with so many athletes over the years. He's also one of these people that just adds life into groups and teams. And this, I'm certain, is part of the reason why there has been this amazing response in support of him. To cap it all off, in the same week that Tomo made the plane to Tokyo, his wife Gemma Simpson, now Gemma Thompson, had their first child, a young boy, Theo. Now, if any of you have children, you'll remember that whirlwind of of a child entering into your life. And to be honest, I don't think I could tie my shoelace in the first few days after our first child was born, let alone contemplate peaking to perform. So this conversation was a chance to reflect on just what happened, uh, just what happened in the qualification, but in the lead up, but also in the years before and if rewind 15 years ago Tomo and I worked with each other if we rewind 17 years ago I worked with his wife Gemma so it's been a a long time for us to to catch up this conversation was fun Uh, it was moving at times and and a real reminder about the cost and the meaning of pursuing personal goals Okay, well, let's get into it then, because it sounds like you're already quite present in the moment here about this experience is unfolding, but also what next, what after that, you know, 
I suppose that comes that comes with a bit of wisdom and age, doesn't it? In that sense, that was the thing about this race and the and when I finished that I felt so proud of what Gemma, myself, and my support team achieved. I just didn't. You don't. You don't imagine, or I don't imagine that other how or think about how other people may or may not react to that. And it's just the, the amount of nice comments and people reaching out is just. It's really. It, it, I can't. I can't emphasize how humbling it is, and how people have re, people from my secondary school have reached out. A guy called Eric Shirley, who's um, senior, who uh, Olympic athlete himself. He's ninety-one now, and he he found my number, rang me. Uh, I didn't recognize the number, and I and he said, "Chris, I just want to say how proud I am of what you achieved." And and, and I was like, I'm, "I'm really sorry, but who is this? I don't have your number." And he tells me, and then. We're looking up at all everything. His story's incredible. You, you should totally look up this guy. And he's, um, it's just, it's just, it's just hard to kind of, when someone's telling you that they cried a bit for you in and in, in pleasure for what you did. It's, um, you, you kind of, um, I don't know. It's just like this warm virtual hug from the athletic community and extended extended community as well of athlete athletics fans. And uh, I don't. I just. I just hope that um, it just feels so genuine and warm. And that's uh, something that will it will live with me forever. It really will. I, I mean, I know this is going to calm down. I will become boring Tomo, who only tells dad jokes now. Um, but. Um, in this moment in time, I, I will I will forever remember it. And I know from previous experiences, it, you can you can take mental or physical uh, sort of bottle a little bit of that emotion to carry it. And uh, and Theo kind of represents it as well. And he will forever represent something really special, as well as being my child and being my son. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's it's. Um, yeah, it's something that I kind of will slowly come down off, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to just go right, be a ruthless athlete of right, stop, move on. I mean, as you you know, Mark Rodan mm. well, you know, and I was coached by him, and it was very much right, park it up, move on, next thing. But I want to let this organically calm down, and before I start looking at Olympics, so I can hear you kind of still processing it. I can hear you mm. still forming the words and the and the feelings yeah. in that sense. So it's. It's quite, it's quite raw, but I, you know, I think that a lot of performers just feel quite lonely in the pursuit. Besides the 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 support team, the coach, the loved ones, and there's a result, and that's it. Um, but mm-hmm. but this sort sort of alludes to the fact that a lot of people tune into a lot of races. They'll 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 look up results. And they will acknowledge it, even if they don't do it publicly. But this has been such a bit of an outpouring of recognition of you have just kept going and kept going. And we have been checking in on you. And now finally, it's there for you. And that sort of that that sense of we are so chuffed for your persistence and and mm. and keeping going because we back you Um and that, I mean, that's say. I mean, wording it like that is is it means a heck of a lot because, like you say, you you were you've been there since the beginning. You've seen the 
it was, I mean, it wasn't an easy start to my career. It's not been an easy middle and it's not been an easy end. Um, and I, I do pride myself on not giving up. And um, I, well, it's, in stubbornness is a real frustrating attribute that my partner has to put up with, but it, in, in, in directed in the right way can be highly useful and effective. And like you say, there's, there's been moments where my close friends and support team have seen, seen how uh, the, some of the places I've been to and how down it's made me feel. And they've almost kind of wanted, they, they wanted, they, this, I could tell they almost, is this worth it, Chris? I mean, you, is this really making you happy to keep trying? And it, it did make me happy to keep trying, but man, it made me miserable too. Um, and that's something that, that they all kind of felt that pain. They almost, it's like with Theo when he's a little bit miserable, when he's a little bit whimpery and you want to feed him. It's like almost like I felt like a lot of people wanted to almost stop the race for me. Um, stop, you know, look, you've had a nice career. Let's, let's stop. And, it, and I just, and it wasn't a case of um, people thought I was being silly it just was more a case of look if you've climbed enough mountains now you you you've you've done enough you've proved enough you don't need to but there was always that especially with my coach Alan Story who you know well um, one of the most decorated coaches the UK has ever seen or has has I don't think there's a more decorated coach that I'm aware of um and he, he was really good at keeping that balance of when I needed a moment he gave me that moment and when I needed a you know, ultimately you've got to get on with it. A sport is not, it's not easy. It, it, you have to kind of be ruthless at times with yourself. Um, but that out there, the outpour, and especially in the manner, just that, that's, that's 26 years of, of just um, emotion. And, and, and it, and it was all tightly packed. It was all very tightly packed in the back end towards the, that week. It just, everything came out. And it, it puts such a, I don't know, it puts like a really nice, for me, it puts a really nice bow on my career. It's not a perfect career, but it boxes it in a, in a way that kind of goes, you know what, it's not a full box. It's not got everything I wanted in it. It's not all got all the dreams I ever wanted on it, but I've got a bow around it to say I'm, 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 I'm proud of it, despite there's a few things that I think I could have or should have done well. That's every athlete. We all, every athlete. I'm sure any of the world, the biggest sports stars that has ever seen will go. But I didn't do this. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm thinking back to the conversation I had with Chrissy Wellington, where she was talking about the the contentment that she had of a race that was imperfect, but she made it as perfect as she could, mm. finishing on her mm. terms, and mm. that that is almost justifying, in your mind at least, the the persistence and the, um, the diligence and the resilience that you've demonstrated over that time. We, we should probably unpack it a little bit because we, um, I, I, we worked with each other. I worked in support of you. God, it just feels like an age ago. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at some of the results on my screen here, but um, this was sort of 2004 to 2000, possibly in 10, something like that up to, that time of the, mm. the Europeans, and and you had a you had a roller coaster ride within that that time in itself. Whether it's injury, mm. you touched on overtraining at different times. Um, mm-hmm. You've you've got 
one of the biggest engines that I've ever me- measured um, in terms of the, the, the capacity. And the f- I'm glad you, you said it because uh, I do say it sometimes, but I'm glad uh, the physiologist says it for me because that helps helps back what I've said up. Yeah, you, you have. That, that was always there. And so it was as, as, as much developing that, keeping you injury-free and allowing you to train. So probably the stepping off point for me was almost a decade ago. Can you fill in the the, the mm-hmm. middle there for me? You know, how, how's it been? <laughs> it's, it, it, it carried on in so many ways in the same vein. I think, I mean, I could obviously in a, in a, in a 25, six, 26 year career, there's a hell of a lot of tangents you could go off in, but I think to, to, to focusing on, on one direction is I think, I'm not ashamed to admit, and I, and I, I was, I was a, a rather immature um, athlete, and and as a person, I was quite young at heart, and I think that I wasn't a very, I was a very hard-working athlete and and, and and youngster, but I wasn't, I never thought about it in a in a, a not in a kind of a, I was precocious in a, in a in some regards, but I wasn't very precocious or forward thinking in a, right, I want to be, I want this success. How do I go about it? I almost was too blasé about a lot of the things. And I had, like you say, so many people trying to help me, but at the same time, unless you, sometimes you need to help yourself to allow that help to really blossom through. And I think, I think I was very guilty of, of not, you know, Mark will always say, he see Mark Rowland, my coach that was in, in uh, Oregon when I moved. So after the 2000 and uh, we were together, I moved to America for five years, which I'll go into in a bit. Um, he used to say that I only see you for two hours in a day. It's the other 22 hours in the day that, re- that also really matters. And when you turn up to training, we'll see how you've got on. And so there was a huge, there's a huge chunk of the day where the athlete is responsible for themselves. And I, and I was not responsible enough in, the, in that time. And so I was turning up to an environment that was there to make me the best I could be, but I wasn't backing that up enough. And I think I think um, I was I had so much to learn and I was and I was time was pressing. I mean, I was in 2010, I was 29. And that's at that point, you could argue, well, your better days are possibly behind you. Um, you are getting an, you are becoming an older athlete. And at that time, there wasn't. There's still, and it's not that long ago. There wasn't a huge amount of mid to late thirty athletes being particularly successful. So I was staring down the barrel of not many years left in the sport. Um, but I moved to America um, with my partner Gemma. Uh, now Gemma Thompson was Gemma Simpson, and uh, Mark Rowling took up a job in. Uh, um, so he was a, his, himself, he was an Olympic uh, bronze medalist in the mm. steeplechase in 1988. Very successful athlete, Coach Michael East, who you obviously were. Yeah, you Mike worked East with Mark and well, Hayley Tullett and Gemma. And yeah. so, so and yes. I probably worked with Gemma before you. And for, for people who yes, are tuning that's in, right. yeah, yeah. Um, Olympian mm. in Beijing for the 800 metres. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I still think Michael East's. And I think you were working with him in 2004 when he was was it sixth at Athens, yeah. Athens in the A50. Still one of the greatest uh, male GB uh, performances at an Olympics in the 1500 meters. For me, one of the 
doesn't get enough praise yeah. for what he did. Three thirty-two, I think um, it was, and um, for Haley the year before two thousand three, going sub four minutes, yeah. probably yeah. won the fifteen hundred meters. You know, you know, you know, well, in sort of yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another subject. Know. I mean, possibly Michael did he as well in the, in the year later. So it's some great people around, and I went out there and um, very fortunate to be to, sort of lumped in because I was I was looking at retiring I was looking at um I think it was 2009 I moved there sorry that was uh, I'm losing my dates but the one of the things I that happened when I was in America was I, I grew up a lot and part of that reasoning was was Gemma because Gemma as you know was a lot more mature and a lot more serious about things and I was suddenly like my 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 ways were not tolerated as much and I had to grow up pretty quickly. And she was a big part of that. And I was suddenly, sorry. Well, was that before you got together uh, as a, as a partnership sort of in, in love, if you like, versus you're training alongside each other? Um, that was, no, that was, uh, so we got, to, yeah, we got together in 2008, okay. but we were kind of together, but not training together. Um, so we kind of, yeah fell in love I guess um I say guess that sounds really bad do it, but yeah do, do it again. I'll, I'll edit it <laughs> yeah 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 we 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 fell madly that's in the love one. in that's the one yeah and um and but, but uh, the question was based on whether you were were a partnership and you were co-supporting yeah. each other or whether it was that mm. fellow athlete alongside rubbing shoulders and and brushing off each other it was yeah. It was definitely the, the the first one in terms of we we were a part. I was a partnership with partner in, in love and wanted to support her as a part. I didn't want to let her down. I, I went out there with a real I don't want to let you down mentality because she deserved she deserved to be a great athlete. She was a phenomenal athlete, and that was a huge part of the reason for growing up. So I, I didn't want I didn't want to be a burden on Mark. I didn't want to be a burden on Gemma. I didn't want to let anyone down, and. Uh, I, I really, really had to kind of, um, kind of, not not get rid of some of my immaturity very quickly, um, and and I did have to, and I did do it very quickly. When I look back, I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm still young at heart, and I'm still trying to be Tomo if that's a if there's an alter ego in there. But I did um, grow up very quickly, and then I became very quickly when I started to see success again and I started to see, well, I'm getting, I'm getting success. I then became flipped the other way and become really obsessed to the point where I almost became too much. And I was turning up, I married up being suddenly athletically a lot more mature with that ferocious desire to push my body that you saw in me and the way I would just push myself. And it came together into this obsession, which almost verged on a little bit unhealthy in hindsight because I didn't have an off switch. It was, it was, I was turning up every day, hundred percent. I never had a bad session. It was full on. If I had a niggle, I would find a way around it to, to keep pushing because there was no such thing as day off. And I became this really, I pushed myself so hard and I was so dedicated that I had a really good four or five years but there was also there was a hernia operation in there there was 
there was some good things. There was an Olympics, but unfortunately I broke my sacrum um, in nine weeks before. And they were all, when I looked, when I picked it apart and I ended up with an Achilles operation in 2014 and it all, when I picked it apart, it was all as a result of me just not switching off. And a lot of teammates would say, calm down. And I was like, no, I have to be 110%. If I want to be successful in this sport, I've got Africans, Africans to compete against. I've got, these are the times these guys are running. I, I can't have it. I can't have an off day because that's the only way I'm going to beat them. And that was just that phase of my career. It became, it just almost, yeah, me, I became a different, I had a different attitude. And then in 14, I had my Achilles operation that put me out for a year. And that was, that, that was a big turning point because really I should have stopped in so many ways. I mean, they said no one's tried to run an Olympics after an operation like this. No one's, let alone no one tried to run a marathon. No one's tried to run an elite marathon after this kind of an operation. Um, and it was, the news was broken to me very much like a, well, you're going to stop now, aren't you? This is clearly the end. Um, and that was, that was after my marathon debut in April of that year. And I ran 2.11 and it was about two or three weeks after the race that I was the first onset of the injury. And it was in, September, October that year that I had the operation. Uh, and then it was middle of 2015 was when I started back running again. And I said to myself, yeah, you either, if you start, if you make a comeback, you see it through. You don't stop at the first hurdle. You see this through or you get on with your life, move on and do something else. And I wasn't ready to do that. I just wasn't ready. There was just, I couldn't. Um, and in terms of how how you then reapproached that that particular reboot, um, mm. did you have a, a sense of how you were going to do it? You know, if the pendulum swung from fun, loving, easygoing, never mind Tomo, to overly serious, mm. everything's hundred percent and more. Um, did you find a balance in that that middle phase after twenty fourteen? Initially, no, because um, because it, partly because I think um, there was a lot of unknowns about how how to do this because it was I was trailblazing my way to get back, and so I kind of knew there needed to be a bit of stupidity in there um, if I was going to do this because like, you need a little bit of stupidity to pu- to push things, as you know, and. Um, and so I kind what, of... What do you mean stupidity? As in just the the bravery of trying to do something that perhaps no one's ever done before or the sense of let's let's be innovative in the way that we approach it? I mean, they're both better ways of putting what I've just said, <laughs> absolutely. Because, it, again, it's... I guess when I, I, the reason I use that word, even though you've put it a lot, lot better, and, and I <laughs> no, agree. There's a, there's I a sort of a, a freewheeling, we don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to give it a go, mm. which could be dialed as stupidity. But um, yeah, I'll reframed it nicely for you. There you go. <laughs> no, you did. But again, I guess the reason I, lab- the reason I do that is because, again, the... Is part you're partly fitting the that's partly me fitting the the kind of character that sometimes I've been labelled with, and I think that's kind of sometimes why I describe things how I am because really, 
I like I feel like I do myself a disjustice when I say things like that when actually it's exactly as you say you're I was being brave enough to try and and um do things that that um you need someone to kind of be the first to try and do it in in certain scenarios and was was Christopher Columbus stupid for doing what he did or was he you know he you know all these people in history I'm not comparing myself to him don't get me wrong he's another Christopher but he's yeah <laughs> but you get what I mean we all need when you go on these journeys there needs to be an element of 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 nice way of putting it for you and I think I kind of took I did I've really really learned to take each week month moment what's in front of me bit by bit and I and I spent three or four years in a lot of pain a lot of pain it it was I just I I I, it was almost slowly slowly slightly driving me insane a bit because I wouldn't give up I mean I, I mean I'm now taking myself back to that time because it's amazing how the mind can heal when you come out the other side it's incredible but I remember now when I think about it and looking back, I would wake up miserable knowing the first step's going to hurt, just walking to the kitchen, limp into the kitchen, then knowing, dreading going for a run because it was going to hurt the whole way. And that same in sessions, and I would do a really, I'd do a session and then know that it, I'm going to just do it all again the next day. And it was just so, and I ran so many races between 2015 and to be honest with you, I I would actually say I didn't really fully clear it until 2020. It, it, it eased off. Don't get me wrong; it had eased off, but it and it was getting easier to manage. But it was this, ironically, it was the um, around the start of the pandemic last year was where I was thinking, "Wow, I don't feel anything for the." F-. And I, that's incredible. And I was running; I could go out the door and just not have to warm it up warm the Achilles up and um, there were some real times where it, it drove me to real sadness real sadness um, so what was what was it sounds really sorry go on keep going good I was gonna say yeah it just it it I it, it was I was fed up a lot I mean I drive to training and I'd be sat in the car not wanting to get out because I knew it was just going to hurt um, but I also knew that I could just about manage the pain enough to do sessions. And I, I mean, some of the, I mean, I won the great South three times on the bounce. I won great Scotland. I um, cleaned up quite a bit. I, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. There were so many things I did. I went to the European champs in 2018. I, I ran, I got V35 British records for 5,000, 10,000 meters. And they were all done in quite a bit of pain. So what um, was motivating you beyond that? As in, this is presenting to me now. I'm feeling that it's making mm. me miserable. What was mm. the override? Um, what, what bit and what messages were you coaching yourself along with? So there's a couple of things, really. I think one was I, while I was doing what I was doing, I thought, well, I know I'm not a full pelt. There's always there's still there's still things I can do that will get me better prepared on a start line yet I'm still performing how I am. And there's, and also I, I accept, I, I had to accept that I was getting slower, but my, so if you take, for instance, if I put some numbers on it, 
if you take my 10,000 meters, I was a 27, 27 guy when I was 31 or 30, whenever I ran it. And around that time, myself and Mark, who coached me at the time, strongly believe, and I, and I truly believe that I was capable of 27.10, close to 27 minutes. I didn't run that, but that's irrelevant. We believed it. And so even though I, was, I, I felt like I may not be capable of that, well, I'm still capable of getting close to my PBs because it's even though I'm slowing, I'm still slower for me is still 27.45, 27.50. And which is what I ran in 2018. And so I, I felt like, well, that can still, I can still achieve things. I, and, I, and my mindset became more about races and, and winning. And that sounds weird to say, well, isn't it always about winning? Well, it is, but also a big chunk of athletics is times and PBs and progression and things like that. And I, and I took real pride in 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 racing people and I started to think a lot more about what I was doing I, I listened to my body more and I had to really connect with myself and now conversations with my coach stopped being how was the session how quick did you run it became how many days will it take you to recover so we can go again it became a very different dynamic it became even now I I can I can go a, a half an hour conversation with my coach and I haven't told him a single split of my session. And it doesn't matter because that's not the bit that's relevant. He knows I know how to execute. He know, And that's kind of the unwritten bit. The bit is, right, Alan, will you be ready to go in a day in a couple of days? It's either a yes or let's chat tomorrow or no, I need three days. And it's and 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 when it comes to little things moving, my hip gets a little bit quirky. I have the physio and the chiro that I work with and I know the signs and I know I can preempt and I can, I can put things in place. I mean, I haven't had, other than the pain recovering from the Achilles, I haven't had a touch wood an injury in like four or five years. And that's purely the, my brain and my body working together. That's, that's, that's them operating together because I'm an older athlete. I can't do what I used to do, right? If you can't do what I used to do, I can't push my body. I can't drain myself like I used to. But what I can do is get my body to operate clo as close to the limit as can. Me at 80% is still going to get me a lot, a lot out of the sport, like it's proving. I mean, I ran 210 in the, in the marathon the other day to qualify for the Olympics because I believe that was capable. But at 39, you go, well, you're older. Well, I believe I was a 2.5 runner, 2.6 runner when I was in the height of my prime. But that still leaves me with, I may be slower, but I can still go to the Olympics. I can still do things but I've got to think about it. And that's, I don't know if you saw it when I finished, but the, ca the ca camera goes past as I cross the line. I, as I stopped before the finish, I pointed at my head yeah. because, because I, I had to use my head probably, I don't know. I don't want to say a percentage. I had to use my head so much to get myself on that start line in one piece. And I had to use my brain in the race in every way. And it, I would, and it sounds weird to say my brain, but that's how much I've had to mature that much. If I'd have stayed young and carefree like I was in my early 20s, um, I wouldn't have been able to, to do what I do because purely because I was just too, didn't, I didn't think about what I was doing enough in any, at all. Oh, so, there was so much wisdom in that and that sense of, okay, hard session. That's what you've got to do. You've got to do the training. 
you got to put the graft in. Mm. But then, but then a flexibility to think, and for the for Alan, your coach, to be thinking, okay, so when's the next dose? But I'm, I'm not going to. We're not going to pull the trigger on that. We're not going to set it until mm. you're ready. And th- that sense of, I think a lot of people are actually in this place now because of the pandemic, because they're in a situation where they, they haven't got a regime to fit to. They haven't got to mm. attend training on a certain day, a hard session on a Tuesday. They have a little bit more freedom. So I'm not quite ready to go again. Maybe I should mm. just take it easy today. And, and that adherence to a training program that sets in weekly cycles, for example, um, just because it's on the program doesn't, shouldn't necessarily mean that it, it goes in the system yet. Um, but based mm. on more of when you're ready to do that, that seems to me like a real, mm. very simple, but actually genuinely hard thing to be able to execute, to have the patience to think what is right for me. Exactly. And for the first time when I got to, in this sort of latter phase of my career it's the first time I've ever dropped out of sessions yeah and that sounds bad but that's actually a confidence thing the confidence to know today I'm not I'm not ready to do a session and that was never in my DNA that was never something I would consider because I would see it as a sign of weakness in myself which is silly why I'm not in competition with myself I'm in competition with other athletes they don't know but I saw it as a weakness within myself if I didn't, if I gave up. And it's not giving up. It's recognising that I might be a bit glycogen depleted today or I didn't get the best night's sleep or whatever it is. And, and, and straight away, that a few times I've stopped the session, spoke to Alan, and we've digested it, not necessarily there and then, but if I'm in a bit of an emotional state, we'll give it a day and we'll go, right, what's the reason? And I'll tell you what, nearly always... I'd say 95% of the time, uh, the reason has been usually dietary related. Like I didn't, I had, um, I didn't eat as much as I should have done. Or another big one is I didn't drink enough before I ate. Simple things that, that at my age, I can't get away with. I'm not a young athlete who can just stare at a bottle of water and become hydrated. I physically have to drink it to, to get hydrated. <laughs> I'm laughing um, because but I... I I opened up your one of your old physiological test results and the reports and a little comment about your VO2 max. <clears throat> okay. So am I, am I allowed to make, say numbers? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah. Back on. yeah. Your yeah. VO2 max was recorded at 84.2. I think the highest I'd got there was 86.9. So 87. We'll round out. Um, that yeah, nice. And yeah, an absolute yeah. of 5.63 litres per minute. Um, in essence, we've seen a, an absolute level maintained whilst your body weight was slightly lower. Da, 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 da. Um, please don't forget that your blood volume is an important component of oxygen delivery, of which your hydration status is a key factor. Get on to the drinking. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, it, and, the, and this is, and this is um, it sounds so simple, like, oh, but it, it's... But, I'm a sweater. I think was it. I can't remember who did my sweat test at Loughborough. Was it you or someone did? And I sweated out two and a half kilograms for a, within a session. That's a lot of fluids. Yeah, it's just, that's and, another special strength you you've got. You don't you don't hide you don't hydrate in a pub. I mean, <laughs> well, you can, but not 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 in the way you want to. But but it, I 
I, I haven't talked about this either. Um, I, I didn't mention it before the race for obvious reasons. And, and I'm, and I have, I, I've kind of half mentioned it to a couple of people since, but, but, um, obviously this, this, this race was, um, has been this, this marathon and the, uh, and the birth of my son in the same week is a big thing, but, um, nine weeks before the race, I, um, I crushed my hand and broke it. Um, we were moving house and, uh, and, and it's bring. I'm kind of, I wasn't certain if I, 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 I would talk about it or, or not, but I've just, I've actually been to hospital to have physio on my hand. Cause we're still, we're still, I'm still having a lot of rehab on it and I had to have metal plates put in. So I was in, had an operation and, um, it was a pretty horrific injury. Um, it was a crushing injury and, um, I couldn't, I was laid up in bed for 10 days and, uh, it was an open wound as well. So it was, um, it, the risk of infection mm. and stuff. And, uh, and the, the surgeon did a great job, really, really great job. And, um, very, very lucky to miss some very vital, vital, um, tendons and stuff. And it sounds like, well, hand, it's not related to running, but I couldn't, because of the swelling and because I had a local anesthetic and I was two and a half hour operation, I, I missed 10 days of running. And he said, look, you, you won't be running for three weeks. Um, and I remember in hospital waking up thinking, wow, this just got next to impossible. I've got at that time, eight and a half weeks, this marathon. Um, I'd only just started to really rack up the training. Um, and uh, I spoke to Alan, Alan last, I, I'd spoken to Alan after a really good session on a Thursday. And the next thing I, I rang him on the Saturday and he said, how was your run? I said, Alan, I got a bit of news. I'm really sorry. And he just was like, right. And I could just tell him his, fo- his voice that, you know, we both need to take a couple of days to process this. And at that moment, there's not much you can do. And, he, and, and, and we had a conversation yesterday about that moment, about how he said, Chris, like so many athletes at that point would have just panicked, imploded, not been able to rationalize it. Um, and he was basically praising me for, for the manner in which I kind of handled it. But everything inside me was screaming, it's over, it's over, it's, it's done. And, um, I was, I sat at home and I couldn't lift anything. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't kick. I couldn't do any of these things. Um, and my wife's pregnant, getting rather annoyed with me that, but at the same time, nothing she could do about it. She, you know, cause she's, she's working. She's got a very big belly on her and it was a very tough week feeling helpless. And I can't, I can't pursue my goal. And I had to completely let go of any, the only thing I could do was just let the swelling go down can't run it's an open wound it has to heal I can't risk losing my hand I want to hold my son in eight weeks it's number one and I had to really really find a way to ignore the fact there was a trial or anything that was coming up and just deal with the fact that the best thing I could do right now is just recover and then we if you remember it snowed I don't know how bad it was where you were but it was really bad here and they gave me a, uh, a brace and they said to me, right, you can run in a week's time or 10 days time. And I said, look, um, I'm not going to the Olympics if I wait that long. Um, I need to 
take a bit of a risk here. He said, I said, what am I, what, what, what here is my, he said, I've never, and he, he's actually shadowed some, um, with hand surgeon I had, he's shadowed some of the um, uh, hand surgeons that worked with rugby players, England rugby players. So he was a really good apprentice to them. And I spoke to John Rogers, Dr. John Rogers, and and he said, listen, you're in really good hands. No pun nice. intended. And um, he said, uh, he said, look, the, the, I, I don't, I wouldn't recommend it, but I appreciate your position you're in and you do need to take a bit of a risk, but these are the kind of things that can happen. You fall and re-break this, this is, this is not going to be good. Um, if it gets infected or anything like that, th- there are some serious consequences, but he's not, he's not dealt with a situation like this, nor have I. And I said, look, we've given it time. I, we've given it the initial 10 days I need to start just seeing. I need to dip my toe in. And we slow, I slowly started to dip my toe in, just took each day, accepted where I was or tried to take as little risks as I could, even though it was snowing everywhere. I'm running with this little cast on, thinking, just don't fall over, but just get the legs ticking over. All I can do is get the legs ticking over. Just start building the confidence on your feet, start building up. All the while in my head in my head going this. This is not, is this really, am I setting myself on an, up for another big fall of not, I mean, metaphorically, not literally. Um, am I going to, is this emotionally going to be a very, is this just going to be one of those like Tomo moments of putting myself in a bit of an emotional hole again? But there's still, I will, ne- I, I will, I will never, I can't get rid of the fact that I have this real inner belief in my ability because of numbers like you've read out because I have VO2 maxes like that, because I have information, because I know how hard I can push myself, there's this always this thing of you can do the impossible sometimes. It's like these two voices in my head going, you're stupid. Yeah, but man, you're Tomo. You're Tomo. But I have, but with those two voices, I I've found a way to find that, that line of, right, well, I'm running awkwardly, so what do I need? I need a physio and a chiro to know what's going on keep me in one piece. I probably need to see them a little bit more than I would normally. I need to up my protein intake. I need to do these things to, to cut, to deal with a situation. And by, it was four weeks post the surgery. So I was back running for two and a half weeks. I did a session. I, I rang Alan again, a little bit thinking about it. And I rang Alan and I went, this is still on. This is still on. And, uh, um, Getting myself a little bit worked up. Sorry, that's all right. Well, you're you're um, kind of processing as, yeah. you, as you said at the beginning. And you're processing the the experience in that sense of of actually it yeah, was on the line there, wasn't it? It was. It sounded like it was touch and go. It it was. It was. It, I haven't like I say I haven't because really, even the physio I've, I saw her earlier today and I went in and I haven't seen her since the race and her and the surgeon spoke and they said I don't know how you've done that and I said nor do I, because they knew how bad it was. And it, again, people think hand, well, it's not your feet. Um, but running with a hand in a cast and the, and the severity of the injury, it will never be the same again, um, but it will, will hopefully get back. And I, I, uh, I, I, I put together probably four or five of the best marathon weeks of training I've ever done, but it, took every ounce of my experience and support team to make that happen. And that's, 
the only reason why I stood in that line with a chance because we couldn't have put together the, a more optimum five weeks. And that's all we had. We did had no room for error. There was no room for error. And I didn't think about that. All I thought was today, what's the best thing I can do with the day? And we ended up with five weeks of just, just really smart, really good, robust training. Um, there, uh, everything just was just, it was like, um, everyone was working in harmony together. And then, um, when, when it came to the race week and we knew we were going to, the kid was on its way and it was coming, I'd managed to get the stress that had gone through my body to be on the right side of, I've got room to go. I've got room to give a bit more stress here. I, you know, there's only so much stress you can take, but I'd managed to get myself healthy enough that I could tolerate that little bit of extra stress. And then I just had to accept that I want to control all the controllables because that's an athlete, but I've got to accept that I can't control anything now and just give almost give certain individuals in my sports team the responsibility. I gave my agent the responsibility of right race day, sort, sort the drinks out, sort out where I need to be, sort the parking out, sort, do the, um, what's the, we call it? The, uh, um, technical meeting for me. And, these people all took that stress away because I knew it only needed one little bit of extra stress in and I'd have tilted over. I mean, my, my boat was full to the brim and it would have taken probably, probably half an hour less sleep on one of those nights could have done it. It was that finer margin that week. I felt that tired, that exhausted, but I knew I had a, I keep trying to use analogy. I had a boat that was strong enough. I just needed to keep her above water mm. just that week just to get it there because it was it was filling and it was filling with stuff that wasn't really running related it was all external things and I um I just I'm so proud of myself and I sounds again that sound sounds a bit strange but I am I'm really proud of I know how dig, dig deep I had to dig, dig emotionally um throughout the whole build-up and throughout the whole all my years and, I, and I'm and I'm it's I've, 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 I've run better races. I've run, but, but as an achievement in a life sense, nothing comes close. Nothing comes close. Mm, because of the adversity you've had to overcome during that. And yeah. that you, again, you dared to try to see if this is possible or you challenged the surgeon or that you took it step by step that you were sensing throughout or that you sensed that the boat was starting to fill, which triggered you to require other people to step up and alleviate mm. that so that you're able to mm. be in the best place possible. Mm. It, it's, it, it, that's why, again, I, I keep saying like it was a real team effort because it was, I mean, there was like, like today when I saw the, the hands, um, well, the hand physio, I'll see the certain couple of weeks. I mean, they took on so much for me to make that. They, I mean, they did a phenomenal surgery, phenomenal, excuse me, therapy on my hand um tom uh tom greenway my chiropractor Gemma steams my massage and story asian like it like they all my guys are on that Gemma friends like it just scott over my training partner i mean they all played their little part um and brian well brian moore you know mm. brian moore well orico uh, i mean he he, was, he he sent a lovely message af afterwards 
just so enthusiastic and ecstatic of right we've got an olympics to plan for and 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 they've always been so supportive and he's um I, I, yeah it just it just it, it's a real i think uh, was it you or uh, i might have been no it was you you told me the analogy i'm sure it was you i was on a ski machine a nordic ski machine and we were talking about support teams around an athlete and you said you were the person that beat the drum at the end of the boat. That's right. And the athletes are pulling and you're <laughs> keeping them in tune and keeping them. And I, I, I know the room I was stood in and we were talking about it. And I was um, on this because I was injured at the time. And you said, yeah, I'm the drummer and you're the athletes. Like, and I'm keeping you all in rhythm <laughs> and keeping you in check. Well, now that, Do you still use well, that? They, no, the, well, they, I'm glad you've remembered that. So we used to spend so much time, you know, whether it's aqua jogging or... Uh, or yeah. cross training, all those sorts of forms, didn't we? Together, of boring you with my stories. It was it was in relation to. Um, so I st- studied sports science, and my parents go, "Oh, great that you're doing PE teaching." Went, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> PE teachers are great, but I'm, that's not what I'm going to do. Uh, and they couldn't get my, their head around the fact that I was a PE teacher that went to the Olympics every now and again. And why are you working with Steve Redgrave and Matthew Pinsel? What are the rowers? What, do you teach them PE? And so we watched Ben-Hur. It was the, the, the uh, scene where Charlton Hester is rowing. And, yeah. and they go from cruising speed to uh, battle speed to ramming speed. And the, the person who's drumming sets the rhythm that they've got to keep up to. And I just sat and said to my mum, I'm the drummer. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I'm the one who there says, this is the rate you need to go at, but or sets the rhythm, yeah. yeah. Um, well, good memory, eh? Very good, very good. Yeah, top top marks for that. I wonder if you can remember what lactate you, you got on that session. I, I'll, I could probably find it somewhere. but, but it, Yeah, you probably it could. It speaks yeah. to that just this, you know, the, having having the physiological capabilities that you've you have their their gifts but they're also that you have to act upon them you have to you have to have that voice mm. to say you, you you've you've got this so therefore you should um and it's you've mentioned it a couple of times where you're recognizing the potential that you have or had or in relation to i'm not 100 percent, but i know that i can get even further um and having that even that micro view of well let's try I've, my hand's not well but let's try and let's just see what that first session might look like mm. that might give you the indication that it's still on um so mm. it sounds like you've got this scent this very fine-tuned sense of i know where i'm at i know what i've been given but also um that that is forward thinking it's it's setting the the marker in the future that i can do that if i try mm. well it's 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 I guess it's the difference is if that that was me 15 years ago I'd have done it with a blindfold on um and just just jumped into any scenario and gone gun blazing but now it's you dip your toe in right well well, and and almost you you allow if it isn't the right thing to do and you dip your toe in and it is a bit too cold then you pull it out and warm the water a bit up again and you go maybe go down a slight different so I I don't 
don't necessarily pop I can use an analogy this is bad sorry I don't necessarily pop commit myself to things I kind of accept that this is going to be unique and it's going to be different and I ha- I don't have people I can necessarily talk to about this because because I'm we're, we're all sat there discussing this in a well these are the facts that we can know but these are the unknowns we have and we've got to marry them up to figure out a, a pathway through and I think very much now is I've been able to use a lot more of my experience and again experience in a way that's through making a lot of mistakes I I did an Instagram post today saying I I think it was I forget how I worded it I've had a lot of um, effectively to the lines of a lot so many things have gone wrong to accumulate into the success today and uh, um, unfortunately I'm one of those people that has to make more mistakes than the average person to get where I want to. But I think that's a reflection of what I'm trying to do. Um, you know, you, for me, the, the, trying trying to come back from that Achilles operation in 14 was going to be nothing other than a massive, massive challenge. And for me to have got it right first time or come out the other side really, really quickly was just an unrealistic thing. Um to, to try and do um but through that process i've become a lot better at streamlining it into making smaller mistakes which don't set me back so i can keep making smaller ones if i get where i need to rather than making big ones that take a long time to recover from i.e you can appreciate this i used to dig myself into real adrenal fatigue so often and to the point where i'd I'd need a blood test and go, wow, you need, you need a, a bit of time off here. You're really tired. Now I can feel myself go, I can, I can start to tell the difference between it's more adrenal and it's more kind of genuine hole digging or whether it's just a superficial, right. You just didn't eat enough the other day. It's a bit more glycogen related or it's not hydration. And I can start tell the difference and that and has enabled me not to spend two, three weeks digging a hole that's going to take probably two or three weeks to dig out of. I can dig a smaller hole of two or three days and go stop, and it's it won't take as long to come out. And I've got a lot, lot better at minimising that those kind of the consequences of of those mistakes. And I think that's accumulated in consistency. And consistency, as we know, is will always trump anything you know if you could pick if you could pick an athlete to be you'd pick one that is very doesn't get injured too often is very consistent it is always there because it's all well and good having huge talent but if you can't if you can't match it with consistency then then you're just like me for so much of my career a frustrated athlete going I should be there I'm just not well that doesn't that doesn't that's not what you want you want to you want to have that talent in a talent and be there. And it's, which is why, which is why I love sport because sometimes the greatest athletes, we never, we, we never saw the greatest athletes before because, because for one reason or another, it just, it, you know, you know, we see the talent that, 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 that we see, but for every bit of talent, there's probably 20, 30 athletes that could have been there that just, unfortunately, like myself, just, just one reason or another, it, it, it just didn't quite work out. Um, and it's a real um, sport now has become, you know, careers are getting longer. There's more, there's more 
people that can help and get involved and enable athletes to have longer careers and and get closer to their limits and 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 keep them going for longer and i think especially in an athletics term when i talk to an athlete from 20 30 years ago they talk about a two three year career and they were done but they were at work and retired at 28 and you're going wow mm. now athletes a lot of athletes are just getting going at that age because and that's a reflection of the support team around them and the knowledge and everything that's coming into the sport and the people that can help them learn connect and and it not be just a an athlete doing their own case study on their own yeah. they can actually draw upon experiences and they can draw upon experts to help them become a real um a dissertation of knowledge in their sport and um have longer careers i just you know we people joke about i wish i know i wish i know knew what i know now back when i was younger and it sport is i couldn't for my career i just think if i knew what i knew now when i was 21 wow like or i understood it or i get it but that sport you got to you got to be precocious enough to 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 look for that early um and it's it, it, you got to look for it and then you got to understand it and then you got to execute it so mm. um and i just never looked for it early enough just, just just too immature and that's my own and again that's not a negative i still am really proud but that's why this moment has meant so much because i've had to stick at it to get the moment rather than i could have done this 10 years ago and then <laughs> yeah well I, I might i might just take you up on the immature word but 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 sure. the but support teams there to increase the probability of success. Um, that that idea allowing you to increase the chances of reaching your potential. Um, and mm. when you're watching somebody that you've supported, and coaches feel this more, even more so than than uh, as much than the support team, because they're thinking of every detail. Is you you tend to feel. I just want you to get what you deserve, <laughs> and not everybody mm. gets that. Because no. because it selects people away, people get injured, people don't have that consistency, um, and and this this might circle back to the immature word is that that feels as though there is a sense that you have got what you've deserved after all of this this work and this hard work. Um, <clears throat> that yeah. So let me take you up on that immature word. I don't think it was. I think you were fun loving. Yeah, you were silly. Mm-hmm. Um, you were fun loving, and that you you fed off people and that you would take the mick out of people. You would create a laugh and you were the reason as much people would go, I'm going to get up for training today because that training environment I'm around is great. And, and it fed into that. Yeah. You probably weren't as serious for your nutrition or your hydration <laughs> by the look of it yeah. for yourself. But that's not what sport's all about, is it, a lot of the time? It's the memories that you create on the track uh, with the conversations mm. you have with the, with the coach as well as the winning moments. Mm. No, that's very true. You're very good, with, um, very good with words, aren't you? I'm just trying to it's, put a positive uh, <laughs> spin on you. The fact that you're really, Im- really nice. immature. <laughs> yeah, no. It, well, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I've always been a believer in, I've always felt like, if I'm happy with where I am today and who I am, I can't be too upset with how I've got here. So I, yeah. I don't say these things with a negative spin. I'm, I say it in an honest kind of open. I, I was, I'm not a perfect human being when it comes to how I've conducted my career. I can't for a second say I was this 
that I wasn't responsible for so much, so many of the reasons why it took me, why it was a struggle. I was a massive part of that reason. And and I think I, I say it in a, in a kind of more of a accepting of the journey I've been, but certainly don't get me wrong. It's not a negative. I'm really happy with who I am and how I've got here. And there are, I could have had way more success, but that wouldn't necessarily have made me happy because maybe that would have meant I'd have, like you say, I'd have been a different person. I, I don't know. I just, I just, I do agree. I think sport is fantastic. I think sport being successful in sport is fantastic, but innately as a person, the success of the weekend is made special, like so much more special with the response and you don't necessarily will get that response if you go about things in a in a slightly kind of um cutting off way i guess mm. i suppose and so you know that's that's kind of my for me personally and that and that, that's not necessarily right that's not necessarily the best way to be ruthless but for me i i like i i'm a i like people i like i like kind of sharing and i and i love that kind of um, that's what makes life special for me. And sport is part of that rather than sport being the center of everything. You know, it's, it is part of a, of a number of things that I love. And, um, it, it's, it's given me so much in so many ways. And, you know, someone may have taken that engine to something really special, like as in, as in a performance or a time. Um, and that's great, but, you know, but I'm really I am proud of how I've gone about it. And, and I wouldn't, if I'd have done it in a different way, I might not have got to see myself never give up. I may not have got to see myself go on the journey I've been on. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, like you say, it's, I'm not trying to be, I am not trying to be negative. It's just talking matter of fact in a, in a plain kind of look. You know, that's sometimes, that's how it is. And I, not, I don't want to shy away from that. And I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, um, I'm not being negative mm. on it is what I'm trying to say. So, but thank you. It's very kind of you. To well, say no, I think it's part of, of you taking the moment to remind yourself about the graft, the climb, the experience of mm. it, that, that ultimately bolsters where, where you're going to be, you know, when you stood on the start line in, in Tokyo. Um, mate, Sapporo. Mate, I'm, I'm so, so delighted for you. And it's been thank such you. a, such a joy to to see and i know it's had a, such a big effect on on a great number of people to to see that to come to fruition that that particular moment but there's there's one particular big question that still remains okay i'm, I'm nervous the way you yeah, said that it's up. pressing we need to get this okay. get this answered today that your awesome wife Gemma simpson 800 meter olympian um yeah when are we going to get theo into the lab <laughs> so <laughs> come on i want a date you know i mean 16 is probably parental consent you know that's yeah yeah i mean i'll be honest it, it, once he's had lunch dinner tonight i'll bring him let's across. get some let's get it, some baseline it, measures <laughs> get some baseline measures he's got some lungs on him i tell you he's got yeah. some lungs. do you know do you know i tell you this right he he came out of 10 pound two ounces Seriously. so he's well, serious, serious. He's a bruiser, but he's what was it? Is it yesterday's an eight, nine days old? 
changing his nappy, he nearly rolled over. I was like, I literally went, oh, no, 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 that's too soon. Please, please don't start moving like that. He literally just rolled onto his side. And I reckon he, he was inch away from just going all the way over. And as soon as he came out, the midwife held it, um, put him on his front to do a few tests. And his head was up. He's looking around and thinking, wow. So I, what, I'm going. not that I don't want to knock it, but I, I, I would love him to play golf. Golf. Say, okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, well, listen, this... He'll do whatever he wants to do, whatever he's capable. I, it would be interesting to see what he's like. If he's yeah, a seven litre lung playing golf. I'm yeah. not sure there's a, there's a need for that. As long as he takes Gemma's speed and my strength and not the other way around. Otherwise, (laughs) if he takes Gemma's endurance and my speed, he might be in trouble. (laughs) Mitochondria carries on the female side. So we'll see. I mean, it could just meet in the middle. It's like a 1500. Yeah, it could just be. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. That's why we need the lab test. Well, there we go. He's like I say, um, I'm purely thinking in a selfish way. I want him to be really good at golf so he can get me up to good courses. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we'll see. We'll see. Mate, it's been an absolute joy catching up with you. I'm so chuffed for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining you. us. No, thank you. Thank you very much. You can follow Tomo on Twitter at Tomo10K. More aptly named is his Instagram account, tomo 26 you can follow me on twitter at ingham underscore steve and support underscore champs we're also on linkedin and instagram have a look for supporting champions and if you're enjoying the podcast then please do leave a review on itunes it really does help the show 